Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Top Stories. I am Andy Zaltzman. We're delving into the Bugle archives once again today, going back to issue 44, and eight days of some of the most hardcore political grandstanding ever attempted. This left both myself and John Oliver feeling somewhat and unusually patriotic about good old Blighty. That's right, it's the 2008 Republican Convention Special. So, John, you must be pretty relieved that this two-week festival of communal political masturbation has drawn to a merciful political close. That is absolutely right. I, I think it's interesting. It's been like a controlled experiment of how much democracy the human soul can take. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you, it's eight days. <laughs> Non-consecutive. <laughs> I am very, very glad that this is coming to a close. It's been spectacular, though, in many ways. I mean, I've talked before about the balloons that the Republicans very much held up their end of that bargain. <laughs> they have the whole week, though, like, like kind of hope corpses. They were strung from the ceiling. <laughs> also, these got, like, flaccid penises full of balloons, like, strung up above this ice hockey stadium, waiting there for days. It was, it was very strange. Surely there was a better time to put them up there. And then last night, finally, that came, it came down. That was one of the most uninspiring speeches you're ever likely to see. <laughs> There were people actually falling asleep. Really? Yeah. Well, that's partly just because of the kind of demographics of the people involved. <laughs> but it was long past their bedtime, and, uh, you know, they had a kip. Who can blame them? Was one of those people John McCain? Because he did appear to go a little bit vacant at certain points. Well, there was one guy who actually featured in a field piece before. He was campaigning to, to have guns in school, and he came over... Uh, and rather than what we were expecting was he was going to be <laughs> taking us to task for the piece that we did on him. <laughs> and instead he said, oh, I'm a delegate here. Uh, the roll call for is being called out. I'll give you my paddle if you like and you can vote. <laughs> and they said, oh, as long as you definitely vote for John McCain. <laughs> what a commitment to de- democracy that man had. <laughs> He'd come all that way. God, you can do it if you want. Oh, I really couldn't give a shit. <laughs> That just shows the enthusiasm for John McCain that exists in the Republican Party at the moment. So do you feel, after two solid weeks of undiluted convention, that you've basically just been sprayed like a field of struggling crops with concentrated bullshit and are now in need of some kind of spiritual fumigation? I mean, mean, technically I should be extremely fertile at the moment. (laughs) John, you cannot say that on the back of just telling everyone that you're lying naked as God intended, (laughs) alone in a hotel room. There'll be traffic jams from, you know, wannabe mums across Minnesota. Committing mass suicide. (laughs) I guess the story of the convention really is Sarah Palin. And it is really depressing that that's true. It's depressing that a move so cynical seems to have worked. (laughs) Because they went absolutely crazy the other night for her. 
walking out, all of them screaming, home run. She knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Another crass sporting man, touchdown. <laughs> it was a three-pointer. It was a long blue to the top left corner. <laughs> Thanks, that's one for our British listeners. <laughs> Think Alex Higgins in the 1982 World Tournament oh, Final. Oh, what a shot, Andy. <laughs> what a shot. So, John, I mean, have you met many average hockey moms in your time in America? I don't know. I mean, that's very much the new thing to be now, uh, to be a hockey mom, which is interesting in a country which has completely turned its back on that game. <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess I've probably met them all the time now, because they've all reinvented themselves as hockey moms. Right. There's a certain kind of Stepford hockey mom here. <laughs> because she did describe herself as just your average hockey mom. And now call me old-fashioned, John. I know I'm not American and therefore don't really have a vote in this election. But well, to... that, whoa, 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 Andy. That, again, we're going back to whether you recognise American independence I, or not. I guess so. To me, it sounds like the average hockey mom is, if not the last person that you would want to be one rogue snooker shot away from the Oval Office, then certainly probably the penultimate person. <laughs> You'd want to be that. They're just that sliced cue ball that jumps off the table and hits the president, you know, on the temple. Is that Sh- the second snooker joke already? Today? Yeah, I know. We're going in hard. Well, it's just because, you know, it's a convention special. That's two weeks we've had. Kind of aimed, I guess, not squarely at our, at our global listeners, more at our Americans. So, you know, a bit of snooker. It's the game that the rest of the world plays. The incredible thing with Payne as well is the the vetting process for her, because you know, gradually each day there's been a new, absolutely incredible fact emerging about her, one that she was a member of this party, which was actually part of the Alaskan separatist movement, <laughs> which I suppose is in many ways quintessentially American to want to segregate from the nation. <laughs> uh, that's really taking it back old school. But it does seem that... I mean, that's not, that's not even a vetting process that should have caught that. That's just a Google search. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know that McCain doesn't use the computer and has talked a lot about that, but surely someone should have just put in Sarah Palin, enter, (laughs) and seen what came up. Yeah, but I guess if what came up was that photo of her in a Stars and Stripes bikini holding a (laughs) machine gun, then all other vets are off, shall we say. (laughs) That's surely enough for any red-blooded American voter. Actually, next week, Andy, I'm going to be doing the bugle uh, with a machine gun and a Stars and Stripes bikini. <laughs> I don't really a- approve of your increasingly cavalier attitude towards the bugle dress code. Cavalier? It's <laughs> uniform, Andy. <laughs> and also, uh, Sarah Palin, she only got her American passport in 2006 and has been to a total of five countries, one of which, it turns out, she went to only while her plane refuelled there. <laughs> You can't count that. <laughs> you do not get, Andy, the flavour... I don't want to come across as a liberal hippie here. You don't get the flavour of a nation from its airport. No, I don't know. I, you know, when I was a kid, so I was flying to South Africa to see my grandparents, and, you know, we stopped off in uh, in Mombasa in Kenya, and I like to think that ever since then, I've really had a deep spiritual affinity with the people of, of, of all parts of Africa as a result of that half-an-hour stopover at the age of six. But it does show the same kind of uh, level of curiosity about the outside world that has served George W. Bush so well as president. Never to have left America until she was, what, 45? I think that just proves she's ready on day one, Andy. She's (laughs) fit for office. She has a complete lack of interest in the rest of the planet. American voters respond to that. Again, looking at it from a British perspective, they do love to drag their families into these political messes, don't they? Oh, sure. And I have to say, Bristol Palin's boyfriend 
looked like he was really starting to regret Frung doobling with the governor's daughter. He had that look about him, saying, well, I had a few things planned for this week, and it wasn't standing up in front of the world's media, looking <laughs> right. slightly guilty. What's happening with young Levi? <laughs> he is very much paying for that mistake. <laughs> it, it really must, must be strange. To be, no, just a classic irresponsible teen who is now being forced to stand in front of 20,000 hardline Republicans <laughs> applauding his courage in knocking up his girlfriend. I was quite fascinated by the, uh, just the ordinary people at the convention, so I'm looking at the uh, TV coverage. What they tend to do with the TV, I don't know if you were, um, you're probably kind of watching it live. Yeah. A mixture of live and the TV coverage. <laughs> Keep awake, John. Was so, that I'm a sorry. yawn? Was that a yawn? I'm sorry. No, that was a stifled yawn. <laughs> They'd have one sentence from a speaker and then a close-up of someone in the audience. Yeah. They did look like a slightly odd bunch of people. They did look like they were basically probably going to sleep upright plugged into a machine. <laughs> or they were one shower of rain away from starting to go... <laughs> Either that or sleeping upside down. <laughs> There's nothing like what you get with the Republican cutaways in Denver <laughs> with the Democrats. Everyone has a new exciting and horrifying surprise attached to it. <laughs> Be it their ludicrous Captain America hats or whether it feels like you are looking into the very eyes of death. <laughs> I particularly enjoyed uh, quite a few cutaways uh, of uh, an Abraham Lincoln impersonator yes, yes. going absolutely apeshit with excitement. <laughs> It is strange that Abraham Lincoln would be so excited when I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, were he to be alive now, he would not be a member of this particular Republican <laughs> Party. Because the parties have changed on, I think he would probably be a Democrat now. So to see him going so crazy really, I guess, puts that rumour to rest. <laughs> He's a hardline hawk. So uh, who were the hits, apart from Palin this week, John? Uh, Giuliani seemed to go down quite well with the press. Uh, obviously he's yeah, with the press, not with, <laughs> not with the crowd, Andy. He's uh, obviously a Bugle favourite, particularly for his websites, which I did check the other day, and you can still contribute to the Giuliani for President campaign. I mean, that just goes to show, never give up. <laughs> that man never gives up. He's not a loser. You cannot be a loser until you've actually lost, and he doesn't recognise that yet. But his influence is very much held, not only in... Uh, uh, the uh, September the 11th iconography that was uh, all over the stage when he and others were speaking, but also from the fact that McCain absolutely inexplicably decided that he was going to accept his nomination last night at 9-11. <laughs> he could, thought that was a good idea. <laughs> Incredibly crass gesture. What a way to kick off his full campaign. They've kind of gone for Obama quite hard this week, particularly yeah. in the, you know, the fact that he talks a lot in generalisations, I guess, as people tend to when they're addressing crowds of 85,000. <laughs> I guess he wouldn't have gone down so well if he just drafted three hours' worth of uh, legislation. Intricate policy detail does not get people <laughs> to whip out their lighters and wave them in the air. Yeah, I can testify to that from a gig I did at the Manchester Comedy <laughs> Store a few years ago. What a misjudged gig. <laughs> but he, Giuliani said this, let's talk briefly about specifics. And then said McCain will lower taxes so our economy can grow, he will reduce government to strengthen our dollar, and he will expand free trade so we can be even more competitive. Good specifics there, Rudy. Nice and detailed. <laughs> My favourite kind of specifics, Andy, is tweeting <laughs> generalisations. Uh, obviously, McCain is not, uh, he's not a natural public speaker, John. I think no, that's, <laughs> that is a very nice way of putting it, Andy. That came across 
fairly potently yeah. last night. I'm thinking if there was one message from McCain's speech, other than uh, let's have a fight, uh, which he seemed to be really majoring <laughs> on at the end, it was, I'm not very good at public speaking. Yeah. But it could have been worse had he not used uh, his two warm-up acts as Tom Ridge, who appeared, who sounded like he'd been put through an internet translation machine. <laughs> <laughs> and use the phrase, this is a world in which we both feel privileged to live. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that is one of the most meaningless sentences I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Support what we do at The Bugle by donating via thebuglepodcast.com. If you're listening in Apple, you can also click the button to support us right now. Goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.